Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, all you gearheads and car fiends, welcome to Driven Radio Show, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield, here with my co-host and engineer extraordinaire, Mr. Mark Groves. Yo. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in Balmy. Really yeah. kind of nice today. Balmy. Not half bad. <laughs> yeah. It, not dri- half good, but dri- not half Driven bad. Radio Studios tucked away in <laughs> my house. There we go. Hey, um, you do anything fun this week? Uh, this week? No, though. The weekend, uh, you know, just caught up on stuff at home. No, I get my it. My garage is this close to being done. All I need to do is move all my kids' crap out of it. And I'm like, oh, look at this. I, I got a buddy who's got organizer. a cat. <laughs> It and a match. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mark, why are you putting gasoline in that weed sprayer? I don't know. Come on over for a bonfire. Bring your hot dogs. Yeah. I, I did a lot of the same thing this week. We set up new shelves in the garage and we got all the stuff, you know, yeah. still from the move. Got stuff put away. I got a couple of racks and put them on the wall for all of my new <clears throat> DeWalt rechargeable tools. Oh, I bought a craftsman set. Did you? Of, of cool. You know, my son's a plumber, and you know he's got all these cool, you know, uh, uh, battery operated tools. Yeah. And I finally kind of sucked it up because I still had my skill saw yeah. and everything, and I had to plug it in. I'm like, this is too easy. And done. I, I bought the first set of DeWalt tools I had since we started building, and uh, I, I wore that set of stuff out four times over, and I just didn't have anything nice. And I got a set, and then I got these two racks where everything hangs up on the walls. And, oh, nice. Oh, wow, yeah. My garage is getting squared away, baby. I do, need, I do need to show you at some point. I should take a picture of it. The really oversized craftsman uh, tool uh, boxes that I bought. You know, the great big roll around one with the big deep drawers and then the thing that goes on top of it. You wouldn't be looking to part with those, would you? Hell hell no. (laughs) I bought them at Lowe's on sale. I'm like, happy Father's Day to me. Oh, man. I want to see those. That's cool. Oh, hey, one more thing of interest. Uh, I went down to the warehouse here a few days ago and got Dad's 65 Corvette all squared away. Got his wheels tightened up and He's got knockoff wheels, and he will never check them. He just won't think <laughs> of it. And so I safety wired his wheels so the spinners won't back themselves off. No, is his Took like yours? Home. Is it a blue or? No, is his it? is silver with a black gut, but it's 65 oh, convertible just like sexy. mine. Anyway, um, except automatic because his knees are even worse than my <laughs> knees are. Doesn't want to run a clutch. Smart. Got it. We're out riding around. And he looks at me. He says, you know, I really kind of like those early 2000 Corvettes. And I said, yeah, those are cool. Those are some of the best ones they made. They're comfy. Uh, they got good cargo space. And, you know, talking, I think he's just talking about their neat cars. And he goes, I ought to get one. Can you find me a red convertible? <laughs> you have and kids, I, man. And I'm, I'm thinking... That is so cool. He's 79 yeah. years old. He's moving toward 80. He's still shopping Corvettes. God love him. And he's, he says to me, that'll probably be my daily. I'll just put my golf clubs in it. <laughs> More power to you, Pop. I'll find there you a car. At the uh, community yeah. pool in the Speedo. Yeah, so <laughs> the banana hammock. <laughs> Keeping his white socks on. <laughs> well done, Dad. God Dad Hatfield. Very him. nice. Hey, we got another Corvette guy with us tonight. Our special guest this week is Pete Vicari, president of Vicari Auction. Pete's obsession with cars began when he was 14 years old. He bought a 1940 Ford Coupe for 20 bucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. 
God love him. A few years later, he traded his 70 Olds 88 for a 66 Corvette convertible, and that started a long-term love affair with Corvettes. He sold the 66 when he started a family, like a lot of us do, mm-hmm. but bought it back after it had been flooded during Hurricane Katrina, <gasps> fully restored it. Uh, the Vicari family construction company also helped rebuild after Katrina, and that included rebuilding the Vicari Motorsports Museum. Pete has long been an avid collector, and that interest blossomed into the Vicari auction. Pete, welcome to Driven Radio. How y'all doing, guys? Thank oh, y'all. Fantastic. Uh, you're a little warm down there in Louisiana. Yeah, I got in my truck this morning at 7 o'clock this morning, and I'm building a new house. And when I got in the truck and I started up and I looked at the temperature, it was 111 degrees. <laughs> Seven o'clock in the morning. It's like, why do we live here? (laughs) Was that the 1987 Ford Crockpot? Yeah. The the (laughs) FU-50? Hey, you know, I was listening to y'all talk about y'all garages. Yeah. I'm building a new house right now. Well, three years ago, when I was getting my old house ready to sell, I had to straighten up my garage. Well, we had been in that house 27 years. Oh, no. I have two two boys. So I told them, I said, guys, Monday morning, being in the construction business, I said, Monday morning, my guys are going to bring a 32-yard dumpster here. So if there's anything you want in that garage, you better be here Monday morning. I mean, I had their bikes. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, yep. and it, that, it, that garage didn't fit me because my car museum was a white glove museum. And I said, I can't even get my car in my own personal garage. And I'm telling you, in two days, we wiped the garage out. We painted it. We put on, I ordered all new cabinets. I actually can't had the, uh, the epoxy guys come in and redid the floor. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And when my two sons seen that, they said, man, we want this at our house. I said, well, go do it. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's easy. You just got to work at it and get it done, you know. But anyway, I just want to share that with you. all I had that same experience where y'all trying to get y'all garages together. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time and I've still got a bunch of crap in there. I, I still have to go through. I You know, I got everything elevated, right? I have built mm-hmm. so many shelves up high. I've got things stacked like there's no tomorrow. But I have actually thrown a few things away. No. It was hard. It was really hard, especially that crap wood that, you no. know, hey, this is make a good birdhouse. Yeah. What the hell am I going to make a birdhouse? Throw that piece of wood away. You don't even like birds that yeah, much. Yeah, not that much. They taste all right. <laughs> My theory is if I don't touch it in three or four years, I don't need it. That's, I mean, back then I'd save everything, but now that's what I do. Three or yeah. four years, it's done. That's, that is wise. My wife and I just moved from a house we'd been in for 18 and a half years, and I'm pretty sure we threw more crap away than we moved. <laughs> uh, and I I like my garage now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's sweet. It's pretty now. Given your family and their background, would it be fair to say you were born with the car bug? Yeah, I was because I have two older sisters. So they were a big influence on me as a child. Um, When their boyfriends would come over, I was born in 56. So when I was 10 years old in 66 and and the two older boy, my two older sisters, boyfriends were coming over. Uh, one had, a, and listen to this, it's going to floor you. And I still got a picture of it. And, and 
my dad made my, he was just a boyfriend at the time, but when my older sister got married, he still had this car. And he, my dad said, look, if you're going to have a child, one of my grandchilds, you got to get rid of that car. And that car was a 65 Plymouth Belvedere, lightweight, 426. Oh, God. Oh, 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 my I mean, teeth just started sweating. That's, that's like 700 to a million dollars right now. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Lightweight, 426 Hemi. And, you know, very, very low production. And, you know, and then my other sister's boyfriend had a, a really badass 65 Nova. Um, so, and then they always swap cars and they had friends and, um, we had a big park behind our house that my dad built. So my sisters always had friends over and their boyfriends had their cars. So they had, you know, 390 horsepower, 390 cubic inch Mustangs. And I mean, I'd have a, on Sunday, I'd have a car show in my backyard because <laughs> all their friends would come over to our house. Yeah, there, and, there was no way you were getting out of that. <laughs> yeah. No, no. So at 10 years old, like I said, I was, and then after 14, I was able, I bought from cutting grass, I bought my first car, which is a 44. And now, uh, ex- we went at it. Explain my, to and, us what what does a $20 44 look like? It's It was a chassis and a body. Okay. <laughs> That's it. And, and, you know, I guess today's, you know, you build a resto mod. Yeah. I had a friend buy a brand, a pretty much restored brand new 63 split window Corvette. And he gutted it oh. and, and built a resto mod out of it. So basically that's what I started with is a, is just a gut, just a chassis and a body. And by that time, my sisters had married. So my two brother-in-laws and I, it, we just got together, and, you know, and we put it together. And two years later, I was, I went, I was driving at 16, didn't even have a driver's license. You know, I was driving my car in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. My dad wouldn't let me go far, but he says, you can go around the block and you park it, come right back. What'd you end yeah. up putting under that hood? I put a 283, a uh, little small block with nice. a power glide. Yeah. Oh. Nothing wrong with that. From that point, you know, and then I had the call bug, like I said, from young, from real young. And, um, you know, then when I when I graduated and went and then I was going to college, I, I just so happened to uh, go to my dad's office for something. And one of his good friends was there. And uh, my dad told me, he said, uh, you know, I'm going to college uh, in the next couple of days. And his friend said, you know what? I'm proud of you. He had just bought his wife a brand new Oldsmobile and she didn't like it. And it was outside by the office. And he says, I'm going to give this to you for a college going away present. Wow. And I said, I said, Mr. Gene, I can't take this car, you know, and so now I want you to have it. And I said, my dad said, no, you can't do that. So he says, I'll sell it to you. So he says, how much you had in your pocket? And I had a hundred dollars <laughs> in my pocket. And he says, give me a hundred dollars. Wow. And so it was a four door Oldsmobile. And as you know, tell him 17 years old going to college. I don't want to go in my mom's car. That's basically what it is. Oh no. I you know, I had that car two weeks. On the way coming back from college one Friday, I passed in front of a dealership and there's a 66 car back there. 
I went in there and traded it for the 66. Good man. Good man. So that started right there. I'm I'm wondering what your dad had to say to you when you came home with a 66 convertible. (laughs) He was not a happy camper. (laughs) Especially in, in the filing, let's say two months after that, I, I would go, I would come home on Fridays and then go back on Sundays to college. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm coming home on Friday and I get a speeding ticket. So I go back Sunday and I get another speeding ticket. Oh, crap. Mm-hmm. And then the following Friday, going back home, I get another speeding ticket. Oh, so in no. 10 days, I got three speeding tickets. You're not learning. So my, dad, <laughs> my dad was really beside himself. I, I bet. Mean, and after that, I slowed down. <laughs> I'll bet. After three warnings, uh, I know you've got quite the collection. What Corvettes are in your collection now? Well, my Corvettes that I have now are prototypes. Um, Besides my original Corvette that I bought, um, I had built a big collection and, and it really got out of hand, so to speak. And a, a very good friend of mine who has since just passed away this past August, um, he had bought my collection probably 10 years ago. And I scaled down to about 10 to 12 cars, but the 10 to 12 cars I have, uh, or they're not like a, any regular Corvette. They're, they're prototypes or either pre-production. Um, just before my buddy died, I had the first T-Top 68 car, Corvette. Really? The very first car. Oof. The very first T-Top car, which was number 15, because 1 through 14 were convertibles. And number 15 was kept by GM to go around and show the auto shows what a t-top corvette really looked like but so that now is uh, with another friend of mine here in louisiana when they sold a collection he has it but the ones i have now are 1963 uh, prototypes that's the new body style obviously you know i understand a 62 is a trunk yeah 63 has no trunk some of the first mid-years correct first mid-year and um the, I have three of them. I managed, took me probably 20 years to get all three together and their consecutive VIN numbers. No kidding. Numbers 15, 16, and 17. That's impressive. Are they similar to each other? They All three of them are red. Um, 15, it only has a convertible top. It was not delivered with a hard top. Okay. 16 and 17. Or identical. All They're right. uh, fuel injected, four speed. Um, mm. so they really be the start of the mid year of all um, of the. Uh, and, and let me back up. You mentioned something about your dad's. You were uh, you were dealing with his knockoffs. Yes. These car these car have two bar knockoffs. Okay. The the ones on your dad are three three spar. Yeah, these on both two. of ours. Yes. For the uninitiated, aside from the two-bar knockoffs, how do the prototypes differ from the production cars? Okay, the, they are hand-built. Um, the you know from twenty feet, they look just like a regular car, a, a sixty-three production car. But then when you get close, let's say you open the hood, the inner fenders because the inner fender was built on like a wood buck. 
Mm-hmm. So you have the smooth side that was on the mold, let's say the buck. So if you look under the wheel well, it looks smooth. But from the top side, when you open the hood, it just looks like patches of fiberglass. Okay. Really, really rough and crude looking. The end, when you open the door jams, you could see the matting of the fiberglass because it wasn't finished in detail. Oh my gosh. The the fuel injection unit. Uh, was sand cast, so it's really crude looking. And in all the emblems, like the stingray emblems, the latches for the convertible top, all that stuff was sand casted. It, it was they were trying to figure out um, because they didn't get it in the production where they would say to GM, "Give me you know twenty thousand door handles." They were making the door handles and trying to make sure that this is what they want to do. For the engineering department was doing that, but they have the executives, executives like Zora and them to Zora Duntop to approve, okay, this is what we want. Now let's go into production and have either our in-house or our suppliers outside make these, you know, and to put them into production. But the, the car, the gauges are different. Um, the, the whole way the car is built is totally different. I mean, I could just point out each and every, if you had a 63 right next to one another and you compare it, you'll see all the differences. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah, it's a lot. Like the glove box door. If you look at the button on the on the glove box door, on the 63, it's a round button that fits on the surface of the door. Yeah. Well, mine is not a round button, but they grooved out the impression of the button and it's recessed in the door. Oh, hmm, that is different. Yeah, the console is just a polished piece of aluminum. It all doesn't right. have all the ribs and stuff in it. All and right. So Interesting. They, how, how are they to drive? They, they drive very good. Um, if you go on YouTube and put in 1963 Corvette prototype, there is a video about the car that I kind of narrate. And uh, and it actually shows me driving it, and really, you know, with 365 horsepower in that little car, um, I mean, I, I could chirp the tires in every gear. Yeah, they know. didn't weigh a lot. They doesn't weigh a lot. So, no. you've collected a lot of stuff. You've owned a lot of stuff. You said yourself you had a collection so big that you sold it all off a few years back. Aside from what's in your collection now, is there anything that you would like to have that you haven't? There's a few cars I'd like to have, you know, basically all Corvettes. There's some big box cars that I'd like to have, but um, that that I'd like to get. And there's a, um, a 63 split window that I got my eyes on. It's, it's an original car. It, it's uh, automatic with air. Um, oh, yeah, and, and it's 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 a one owner car. The people still own it. The family still own it. So I've been keeping in touch with them, and um, I think I got them, you know, in my court, so to speak. Um, when they get ready, that they're gonna let me have it because they know I'm not I'm not gonna sell this. This is not going to auction. This is going in my collection. And right. and the people have been to my place many times, especially even when I had the big collection. How did your family? found the Vicari Motorsports Museum? Well, the museum started 
you know, my dad started the construction business in 1946 when he came back from World War II from the Seabees. You know, when I joined forces with him when I got out of college, we, we, we just worked hard. We, you know, my dad was very successful. And then when he retired, I took over. And I've been very blessed. And I was, you know, able to uh, have extra funds to do this. And because I've always been involved with cars, uh, way back when I was even, I don't know if y'all remember, Cruise International, Mm -hmm. um, Dean Cruise. You had the big Auburn, Indiana sale for Labor Day weekend. He... He, he's basically the godfather of collector calls. He started the auction business in collector call business. And we were, we got together with him and I was the local New Orleans sponsor for his auctions. And because, of, you know, I was always involved in cars, I, you know, I ended up buying one car, then you buy two cars and then it grows this, that. And then all of a sudden you realize, well, I got 25 cars, you know, and I got to do something with it. So, I ended up buying a building and we uh, built a museum basically. And uh, I still have all the collectibles and I don't know what I'm going to do with all that stuff. Um, when I sold the museum, I mean, the most of the cars, I should say, I kept all the, the porcelain signs, all the collectible stuff. And, and I built a new building and I got all that stuff jam packed in there in like 10,000 square feet. So you go from 25,000 to 10,000. So you imagine what, I don't know what color the wall is. I haven't seen the color of the wall. It's <laughs> <I built it. laughs> I know I painted it like a light gray, but I, I haven't seen it in years. But now I, I've been very fortunate and uh, have a great family and a great business. And I was able to afford to do that. And then, you know, the, the car auction business uh, started as a hobby. And when I got involved with cruising the coast, you know, a couple of the guys that, that started that called me and said, man, we want to start a cruise in, you know, Biloxi and, and Gulfport. And I said, man, I'm all in. Let's do it. And 27 years later, I didn't do the first year because it was too early because they had already had the uh, cruise scheduled. But the second year, I sold the Imperial Palace collection amazing collection that was our first year there at cruising the coast and uh was it had an amazing sale and um you know we built cruising the coast from four or five hundred cars in a parking lot the first year to ninety six hundred and thirty two cars oh my good lord and we've been voted four times in a row by usa today as the best car show in the country in the auction um, we've been kind of a sleeper in the South, but now because what we are, we've got competition 60 miles away. And I don't want to mention their name, but they, there's a big auction company coming in the weekend that we started cruising the coast because it's such a huge event. I mean, we had 43 states represented of car clubs come in and London and Puerto Rico. They ship their cars in because there's a port right there in Gulfport and, and, you know, cruise around and give them that car back and then go back home. You know? So but, how long is the cruise? Where does it start? Where does it end? Well, Centennial Plaza is cruise central. That's right there in Gulfport. It's a beautiful, um, 
used to be a, a old VA hospital that um, some developer had taken it over, and it's, it's kind of a nice, beautiful resort. So that's where, depending on on your last name, you know, A to Z, they take like from A to a certain letter, you go get your packet on Monday and the rest get it on Tuesday or Wednesday. Because you can't bring not over 9,000 cars in one place at one time. It's no, just, no. <laughs> so everybody comes in on that in, on that specific day, get your packet. And, it you know, Gulfport and Biloxi is along, it's called US 90, which mm-hmm. is along the Gulf Coast, right on the beach. And there are towns that are all participate in the cruise 20 miles. The, the, the whole cruise was 20 mile wide and each city, I want to say there's eight or nine cities has have cruising and all the casinos have cruising also because they got um, a bunch of casinos down on the beach. So everybody has an alternative place to go to every day. You, know, you can't put them in one location. Sure. I mean, so and it's 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 20 miles long basically you know and 9600 cars <laughs> that was registered there was probably two times that many that people didn't want to bother about registering and just, just put it this way there was an impact study done <laughs> cruising the coast is a nonprofit event now 286,000 people come there for that event <laughs> 286,000. That's and, a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I, when I tell people, you know, I, I go around to other auction companies and I'm in shows and all of that. And um, when I tell people about it, they say, well, we've never been there, but we, you know, we've heard about it, but we've never been. So when they do come, they said, oh my God, I don't know why we haven't been coming in the last 10 years. I said, well, I've been telling y'all. <laughs> you know, this is the greatest event in the country, you know, because of the, the location. It's right on the beach, you know. But and there's so much going on there. You and, know, there's there's all the casinos that you get, you know, I'm not a gambler, but there's all, so much going on. They'll have burnout contests, they'll have flamethrowing contests. You name it, it goes on there. Nice. Beautiful. What are the and, dates? Uh, 4th through the 7th of October, we now have uh, four days of auction. Okay. Um, we should have uh, probably seven, 800 cars in the auction. And the first day is strictly memorabilia. We have a guy that's been, him and his daddy and grandfather have been collecting Hollywood memorabilia. He inherited all this stuff. He's got 90,000 pieces. And he's coming in with a full day of Hollywood memorabilia. You know, he's got crazy Clark, Clark Gable autograph posters, all kinds wow. of stuff. Crazy stuff. That's amazing. How did you get into the car auction business? Well, I got in because I was telling you with Dean Cruz, Cruz International, because I was the local New Orleans sponsor of the Cruz International auction. Mm-hmm. I just felt like, you know, because I was a sponsor and watching them, what they were doing, I felt like I could do it better and be more family oriented, oriented instead of just a customer being a number. Um, you know, my whole family is involved in it. And I and told my people also, 
we got to do it on a personable level. And because and, I'm always available, um, anybody that has a problem, they can call me. I mean, I can say, honestly say in almost 30 years of doing auctions, because I did two, three years before in New Orleans, before I went to Biloxi. Everybody has got a title and everybody got paid. I have not been sued one time from any buyer or consignment. And you know, I made it a point to make sure that everybody gets everything they expect. And, uh, and I'm on the floor when the auction's going on, I'm right there. You, you, you know, I'm not hiding in some office somewhere. And, you know, I'm right there in the middle of everything with everybody. Nice. How many sales do you have a year? We, this year we're only doing two before COVID we were doing like six. Wow. And we, you know, we were doing Florida, we were doing Nakona, Texas, uh, we we're doing Georgia, uh, and then we were doing New Orleans and Biloxi. Um, it just got to a point where I want to do things. Like I said, I want to have a great sale and I want to take care and you know, doing all these sales is not always good because you keep, you're chasing your tail sometimes. And sure. I would rather just slow it down because when COVID came in, it, it, you know, we had to cancel some sales and I just thought it would be best to focus in on two great sales, do a spring and fall in Biloxi. And, and, and it's working. I mean, people come, they love to come there and they come for spring and fall. Yeah. So give us the dates, tell us what you've got coming up. I know you've got some stuff this summer and fall, but you also have stuff right after the first of the year, don't you? Yeah, we have, we possibly have some dates that are going to happen. I may go back to Florida. There's a, uh, I have a good friend there that has a collection of, uh, Volkswagens. He bought the Puerto Rican Volkswagen Museum. It was like <laughs> 200 Volkswagens. It's like, really? Well, I wouldn't own one. Why would you buy two? <laughs> but I don't, I don't beat up the Volkswagen guys. That's just my opinion. I'm not a Volkswagen guy. There's a butt yeah. for every seat. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. So we may be going back there and doing that, that collection there. And then, like I said, we have the spring, which is in April, and that's in conjunction with the Crawfish Festival oh. in Biloxi. I mean, they bring in some, you could eat crawfish, you know, like bubblegum shrimp that, you know, uh -huh. on, mm -hmm. you, know they, you could eat all these shrimp different ways. Well, they're the Crawfish Festival, you can eat it so many different ways. And they bring in all the big name, mostly country and western type uh, name uh it's just a big event and we're we're in there's their event is in the Coliseum in the front lawn. We're in the convention center, which is attached to the building, but in the back. So um and it's a great look, believe me, ever since Katrina, Biloxi Golf Course, Biloxi Golf Court, Bay St. Louis, Ocean Springs has come back strong. I mean, people are building. Um, it's just a beautiful beach. It's white sandy beach. Um, there's, you know, a lot of people go to Florida and that's great. I have a house in Destin. I don't think I've been there in a year <laughs> because it's too far to go. I can be in Biloxi. I have a home in, in uh, Biloxi also 
And and it, but there's so much more going on after you get in, you know, you go to a house in in Florida. There's nothing going on at night. There's something going on every weekend on the Berkeley Golf Coast. You know. Yeah. You mentioned that you've got family members working with you. Who do you have, and what are they doing? Well, my son, if you um, if you ever seen our auction, if you go on YouTube, uh, my son is the reader. He'll read out the car information before the car actually goes on the block. Um, he, you know, I got two sons. My other one helps with the setup because we come in there with, with we build a city basically in the convention center. I mean, we got our big LED screens. We, we have to bring in all the computers. So it's a lot involved. It takes us two, three days to set up. So I got two boys. They help. One of my daughter-in-laws help. And my wife is involved, um, you know, so everybody has their, their job, so to speak, and, and, and more. We do whatever anybody needs us to do. I mean, um, but you know, it's, it's a great, like I said, I've been blessed. I have a great family and great businesses. And um, so, it, you know, I just, I, I treat people like I want to be treated and, and with respect and kindness and, that's what I try to do. I understand that early on you were the auctioneer. I am a licensed auctioneer, but I felt like I didn't want to be up there. I felt like it'd be best if I would be on the floor communicating with the buyer and sellers. And, and for the last 25 years, that's what I've, it's been working. I'd rather do that. And, and it gets to a point I mean, my God, I used to have so many licenses. I was, my, as a general contractor, we used to go all over the country and build stuff. And I won't mention all those businesses' names, but we we would just negotiate and go build something. Now, I was licensed in like 14 states. And then I had a real estate license. And then I had the home builder's license. Then I had my auctioneer license. The continuing to add was a, a major feat every year. <laughs> So I started eliminating a lot of those licenses, but I kept my auction license and my general contracting license. What's the secret to being able to talk like that as an auctioneer? The hey, the bop, the damn, damn. I've I have tried it, and I am a fail every time. You bought that record in the '60s, didn't you? Well, maybe. <laughs> Shush now. Hey, yeah, you remember? I just I somebody I ne- I didn't know about that record, and I forgot the name of it. But somebody sent it to me last week, and I was amazed. It's like in the late fifties or sixties mm-hmm. and some guy singing it. He made a song. It was pretty good. The way that the, you have to do it, you got to practice it, and your mind's got to be moving that fast, not just your lips because your mind's got to think what you're going to say, you know? So you, you have to be able to think real, real fast. You just practice. You know, I used to have my staff meetings for the construction company every week. And because, and I'm hyper, um, you know, everybody thinks sometimes they think I'm howling, but I'm not. I'm just I'm excited about what we're doing today. And I would be in a staff meeting and everybody would just wait, slow down. You think you're on an auction podium. Just slow down. <laughs> you know, so, well, y'all got to keep up with me. Come on. Guys. God bless your secretary. Son of a gun. <laughs> Sounds oh, like you may have been, been a natural. Years. She, she's been with me for years and. And we, she now works from home because she lives on the coast now also. And 
I mean, it's great. I mean, that girl's up at 7.30 in the morning and to 6 o'clock, she's emailing me, texting me. But nice. she had, you know, when it's over, she has her piece in her, her own little <laughs> office at her house. You know? <laughs> I bet. Pete, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about that, and there's two things. We want them both. <laughs> Do tell. I I was when I bought my first Corvette, um, seventeen years old, and I was probably eighteen at the time this happened. I was bringing a girl home one night, and we were on the expressway, and I had put some big tires on the back of it. You know, that was back in the day where you want big, wide, oh, yeah. deep dish craggers. You know, yeah, baby. Yeah. You're gonna and, have to give small, Mark a moment. <laughs> yeah, he's singing yeah. my song. <laughs> yeah, and small dish tires in the front, you know, tires from a Volkswagen in the front, big tires in the back. Yeah. Well, I'm coming down the interstate. I mean, they, they, they call it expressway. And there was a red light and, and I tapped my brakes. And when I tapped my brakes, those big tires just kind of locked up. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I spun around probably, I think it was two completely spun around two or three times. And when I came out to spin, I was facing the direction that I was going oh, and no. kept going. <laughs> I never touched any sidewall on the express. Didn't, didn't touch it. I was shocked. And, I, you know, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I pulled off to go check and look at my car because my car was spectacular, and I kept it, you know, perfect. Yeah. I never touched in either side of the concrete walls on the side. It just did a completely 200, 360 degrees twice. So that's one stupid thing I did. <laughs> the other thing I did, I have a 37 Bugatti Atlantis replica. Um, this, this gentleman in California built three of them. And I actually ran that car in the great race cross country. It's actually great races going on right now. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, and I was a sponsor for the great race for three or four years. So we were, and the car ran perfect. We drove the car in the great race twice, trouble-free, no problem. So we come home the weekend after the race, my wife and I were going down the interstate on in the car. And believe me, it was like a bomb went off inside the car. Smoke, it, it was like, boom. The main fuse, there was a, a main fuse on the fuse panel, blew. For some reason, it blew. And I'm telling you, the car died, smoke, everything, and there was power windows. I couldn't, we, we couldn't see. I had to open the door. It's got suicide doors on it to get some oh, smoke no. out of there. <laughs> so I managed to get off to the side of the interstate, and I tell my wife, I said, just sit right there for a minute. Let me get out and see what the hell's going on. But don't do not get out and close the door. Because I knew right away I had no power. Uh I, the windows, I couldn't do a power windows, nothing. Called dead. So I get out the interstate, I close my door, I'm coming around. Well, I'm coming around the car. She's out getting out the car. Oh no. And I realized I said, don't close it. Well, when I'm saying that, she was in the midst of closing the door. So now we're on the side of the interstate, can't do nothing. So 
truck, the wrecker comes, he says, man, I could hook on to this thing, but the wheels, it's in park. I'll be dragging these wheels and man, I mean, this is a beautiful car. I don't want to damage anything. Well, I said, well, no problem. I'll get it out of park. So on his truck, he had a, a tire tube, went to the driver's window, smashed the window. Oh, geez. And, and was able to get in there and put it in drop in neutral so he could bring it up. So needless to say that window, because on a 30, 37 Bugatti, was a he only built three. That window had to be remade, Ugh. and and it was like eighteen hundred dollars just for that <laughs> one little side glass. Oh my god! Yeah, and, and I don't blame my wife. My wife's not a car girl. No, no. I, you know, I should have known better. You know, not to depend on her. But I was on the side of the interstate, and I didn't want to leave my door open. Yeah, you know, sure. some people flying in and take it off. So. That's one of the crazy, another crazy thing, but I'm sure there's more because, you know, we, I've done so much. We've, we're heavily involved in drag racing and, you know, it's, I, I mean, I, I, I don't have the car bug. I got motor all in my vein. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're yeah. with friends here. Preach your choir. Right. <laughs> you're, not, you're not alone. We've been speaking with Pete Vicari of Vicari Auction. Pete, can you take a minute and tell us all the places we could find you online and on social media? Yeah, I would just go to VicariAuctions.com. It's V-I-C-A-R-I auction. No S, just auction.com. You'll see everything there is to know about us. With Facebook, uh, upcoming auctions, uh, it's actually the list of the cars so far. We have right now. We probably have um, numbers placements reserved in the auction over three hundred cars right now. Fantastic! Wow. In 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 the next month, people are going to start sending in the pictures yeah. and all their information. There may be, I don't know, 10, 15 cars on our site right now, um, but they're, they're coming in every day. There's 20, 30 cars coming in. That 53 you know, Buick, by the way, is making my teeth sweat. That is a beautiful car. Yeah, Skylark is pretty, isn't it? Oh. That Buick, let me tell you, that Buick has a story. That is the best Buick in the country. Judged. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. You got, you got a good eye for once. <laughs> Shut up. It looked better with Craigers. <laughs> oh, you would. You know, it's an anniversary year for the Buick. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50th anniversary. Yeah. And uh, uh, the gentleman that bought it, uh, he was at another big sale and he paid crazy money for that. I mean, it was the world's, world's highest record ever paid for one. Mm. And he's now not doing well. And he said, Pete, I just, I don't need this car and, you know, just sell it. Whatever it brings, just sell it, you know. Folks, take a minute. Go to VicariAuction.com, no Check S, and take a look at that Buick and everything else they've got because there's so much cool stuff. And we might try to come down there in October, but if you see me, I'm going to be on a rascal scooter fresh out of a <laughs> knee replacement surgery. <laughs> hey, look. 
We, it, the building is handicap accessible. Good, because so I'm going have, to be. <laughs> yeah, you should have no excuse not to come. I'm telling you, you'll have a great time. There it is. I, I may be stoned out of my gourd, but I'll come. <laughs> Pete, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, guys. The, our listeners, unfortunately, they're not going to hear all of the conversation we had with Pete before the show and after the interview. But suffice to say, that guy is a wellspring. Oh my God! Of information. Yeah, that's the only time I've I've thought, hey, there's somebody here who might know more than Brett about. Corvettes. Oh, I know he does <laughs> for a fact. He knows markedly more than I do, and he knows the people that. What was it? Quality controlled. Yeah, no those kidding. Sixty three vets, and he knows them. Oh yeah, my God! Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive, man. I don't know who built my car. <laughs> no, I haven't. A, I haven't a clue. I think he was drunk. <laughs> Not either one of them. Was. <laughs> The guy who owns it now. <laughs> yeah, there's that. But Pete McCurry, thank you so very much yeah. for taking time. And oh, nice man, does he just know a ton of stuff. And we have to have him back. And I'll bore everybody to tears talking for that stuff. <laughs> what a, Done what a, deal. What a fantastic. <laughs> what a, The guy is a source. Yeah, he he's is. absolutely a source. Uh, thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. Uh Thank you for letting us torture you. Amen. (laughs) We love what we do, and we'd like to do it to you. Uh, We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And on LinkedIn as Driven Radio Show Podcast, because darn it, somebody already had Driven Radio Show, and it doesn't have a stinking thing to do with cars. Can you believe it? Yeah. Not a thing. What a loss. You can also listen anywhere, find podcasts, or heard. I am Brett Hatfield from Mark L. Groves. Yep. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Mm-hmm.